Hey everybody, welcome back to Rainy Day Video. My name's Alex, and with me are Brooke and Vicky. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, but before we get into that, we're going to just kind of go around, talk about what we've been watching, what we've been up to this week. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, please like, subscribe, share, write a review. All that stuff really helps the show, and we would really appreciate it. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning! Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction, huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you. A lot. And they didn't give a damn. Yeah, so I watched uh, First Blood for the first time. For the first time watching First Blood. That's amazing. I wish I could see that movie again for the first time. It's quite the experience, and so far from, I guess, what I had initially pictured, I think so much, like... When you picture these big action heroes that have, you know, formed like a franchise, you know, you have your John Rambo and you're like, damn, it's Rambo. So, it, you know, it just ends up piling into like the John Wicks of today where yeah. it's like this, uh, you know, superstar. But I feel like that first, um, first Blood movie is just so much quieter. And yeah. there's, it's crazy. Um, but there's, I think, much more of a, a narrative just about like, you know, a soldier returning from war and, um, you know, the the PTSD that he goes through and how, I guess, society accepts uh, people from the war and, and veterans and coming home. So I think that was just, um, I guess, with a lot of things going on today, like with mental health, like that was an interesting look at that movie, especially when you have just the visual of a Rambo in your head of like mm. going in there and you know guns blazing you know hacking things up and not to say that he's not this clear um, hero uh, that has all those abilities and whatnot but it, it was the iconography is him with like two guns blowing a bunch exactly. of people away and he actually doesn't kill anybody in the first movie in First Blood and it's just it seems um, I don't know how to say it but like it's he's not really doing anything like he's only doing things that are like he has to respond to them yeah um, he's just living his life yeah it's not much like you know he's up for the fight as much as they are it's like they keep bringing the fight to them yeah and i was saying this to you guys like this is quite the moment to just be like leave you know mind your business like <laughs> let him live his life let him pass through town let him get a meal yeah, that's it. You got the colonel played by Richard Crenna just coming in there going like, you guys are all fucked. You don't understand. Like, leave this man alone. He's he's the best. But they don't. <laughs> they just keep, like, it's, like, it's so much about just pride. And it's yeah. like, you have this, again, this hero veteran coming home. And, you know, you just have this sheriff who's like, this is his, um, war playing field right yeah. and it's like mm. this is somebody um encroaching on his space but it's like he's not doing anything yeah, yeah. and there's there's a, a constant chase that just yeah. your heart breaks for this man where it's just like he just well, needs a so, second he needs to just get a nice meal yeah. and get treated with some respect he's lonely right i think that yeah, it's like it really distills um I, it's it's almost like amusement park but just for younger like uh, you're not old yet mm -hmm. but it's uh, you know what happens to war uh, veterans of war um and they come you come home and it was the wrong war so people resent you for it because they think that you're you've created all these burdens on society mm -hmm. for x y and z and it's like these people were um, called to or thought that they were doing the right thing or knew that they weren't but had to mm -hmm. exactly like for they had to do this um, and what do we do to people uh, we can so spit them out and you know toss it out like it was yesterday's news 
but it's today's news for them. And, oh, you know, the ramifications of what that is is pretty severe. But, like, they're putting their lives on the line. And then, you know, they're getting nothing no, nothing warm when they come back. Where it's just, like, they're being squashed like the yeah. bug on somebody. Like, the bug totally. on someone's yeah. shoe. Where it's, it's, like, they've put so much energy into fighting for a cause. At the time, believed to be right. You know, whatever that means, uh, you know, to people. It's, like, these soldiers are fighting for something and no matter what side they end up on you have to sort of respect that kind of um give them some basic dignity but just for what they're doing for their country and whether you agree as an outsider i think like i remember when we were talking about inglorious bastards a while back like the scene where um with the bear jew where he like he has the the nazi soldier in front of him yeah it's like there's still a like I know he's a Nazi. I'm not saying it, but like you have a moment where it's like he is a, still somebody that has put his his body and self on the line yeah. for what he believed in, and yeah. there is a, a sense of respect to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as complicated as that is, yeah. Um, and I just like I always just love the premise of the movie that they just keep poking this bear who's who's fought this war and who's fighting a war within and they just poke him to the point where like the the war spills out in yeah. america you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's just like such a great oh, metaphor the constant abuse that he gets like at the the very beginning like at the police station yeah. where they just keep berating assaulting him yeah. and it's the flashbacks and you, to but that's what i mean yeah. like you see it coming just in the way that stallone is sort of acting in that scene like you feel the build-up and then you see the flashback and it obviously comes you know a clear image in your head but even just the lead up to it he does such a good job with like just his body and um his just his like the emotions you can like i see them just on the screen kind of bursting out of him and then when you get the the flashback it just obviously adds to that yeah but it's just it's horrifying yeah and it's a great performance it's a great screenplay like Mm -hmm. he we we talked about this earlier but he really like had uh, a pulse um and like had his finger on the pulse is what i'm actually trying to say um towards what was going like who he was and what it was to be an artist and you know he really had his voice in that those early stages in such a such a specific um Way and like Rambo was entirely different um, to Rocky, um, but there were you know same through lines, but, but like really strong character work yeah. um, and really really uh, strong detail, like thorough detail into the who's and the why's and what motivates this yeah. character. And like one of the saddest scenes is when the only place he has to go is this you know house of his friend, and mm-hmm. you know he he just needs to find some kind of. Um, safety some security blanket and it's like you know he was my friend he was my friend like well he died because of the what you guys did and i hate you (laughs) and it's like well where do you have to go with that and like you mentioned romero's um amusement park it's which is it has a very similar like understanding of the type of person like a war veteran is and what kind of support that they need yeah and uh first blood is just a very good um, portrayal of what they don't get and yeah. what kind of treatment and berating they get from the people that they come home to. Yeah. Um, and what happens when like mental illness is left unchecked? You know, well, the I mean? ending, especially <laughs> like um, you had mentioned that the ending was meant to be like different, right? Like the original. Oh, I, I'm not sure exactly. I know like the novel plays out differently. I haven't they, read it, but I heard like there's they some deviation. Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. So yeah. Um, which would be a much more tragic end. Yeah. Um, but I think this one, too, is a very sad ending in itself in that he's just having to just give up yeah. and uh, surrender to people who um, have shown him no sense of empathy or yeah. Um, kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, throw him, throwing him away in jail <laughs> to later get, you know... Uh, released to, to to do sequels, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you lock them up for the potential <laughs> for sequels. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I guess it, in a way it has the same effect as killing a person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the novel, after Tarantino has recently talked about it, is something I, I want to read. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been on my radar, but uh, yeah. yeah, hearing him kind of praise the story and how it's different than, than, the, than the movie... And, uh, you know, his praise for the dialogue just kind of made me really curious because I've always loved this movie. So it's always a favorite action movie of, of mine. And 
it's the kind of action movie you don't get anymore where like the action is just so well integrated into the scenario into the story into what the characters are going through and it's the action's not there to be sensationalistic it's no, really it's just like yeah and it just keeps ratcheting up and it keeps getting more and more intense and more and more desperate and um another thing i love about this movie is the music by jerry mm-hmm. goldsmith just like iconic score so lonely mm-hmm. <laughs> so lonely, oh, yeah. beautiful score uh and yeah yeah such a great movie i'm glad you watched it and i'm yeah. glad it, it holds up and i think yeah a lot of people kind of have that idea of um rambo as you know being like this badass just killing leagues of people which he does become but the first movie is something else for sure definitely yeah for sure I, I, I'm definitely interested to watch more and I'm, I'm not opposed to getting to that you know character no, there's fun to be had in the sequels as well as but I said. think that the no no of course but I just mean that it's still good to sort of ground that first movie in sort of you know that there's reality. a heart still oh of course yeah like it, it, it you, you can find its heart mm-hmm. if, and then it can kind of yeah. you know Become whatever it wants to become, but you know that there is that integrity still there. Yeah, but I guess I just had him nice. like pictured with like the bullet Dude. vest thing on with the guns. I said to you Going earlier, to field with his exact same. I was bandana. definitely bandana. Different. Yeah. first time I watched it. I was like, this is a like interesting <laughs> character study okay okay very different than what i thought oh, yeah. it's not uh it's not him going and shooting shit up it's like people around him are just kind of knocking him down and knocking him down and he's like i can't take it anymore <laughs> yeah. like i i I, th- I literally can't i'm going to uh go into i will go into a state of you. yeah <laughs> oh funny what did you watch what do you have on your radar, Alex? Uh, a couple Alex? things this week, but something that really stood out for me uh, is a movie I always wanted to see, and my friend Pat actually watched it recently, and he's like, you need to see this movie. Um, and I said, you know what, it's time. And the movie is The Mosquito Coast. We eat when we're not hungry, we buy what we don't need, and throw away everything that's useful. There are people in New York that live on pet food and would kill you for a quarter. You don't dare take a walk for fear somebody will stick a knife in your ribs. Why sell a man what he wants? Sell him what he doesn't need. Pretend he's got eight legs and two stomachs and money to burn. It's wrong. Some said he was a genius. Honey, he's gonna love it. I'm gonna knock his socks off. I'm gonna straighten his hair. But, Dad, what is it? It's perfection. That's what it is. Some thought it was madness. Nobody ever thinks of leaving this country. I do. And think about it every day. Tell him he is a dangerous man. And one of these days, he's going to get you all killed. He wanted to change the world. What is it you want? Elbow room. Come on. And when the world wouldn't listen. Goodbye, America. Have a nice day. He found a world that would. Directed by Peter Weir and written by one of my favorite filmmakers, uh, Paul Schrader. Um, Stars Harrison Ford. Uh, Helen Mirren and River Phoenix. Do you know anything about this movie, Vicky? I do not. Um, like, not the first time Harrison Ford and River Phoenix have been together. No, no. That's they a would fun reteam movie. later That's in uh, a, I didn't even Indiana think about Jones. that. Yeah. yeah. What year was this? Uh, I'm not sure. 88? I don't what see it, it on here. See? But maybe you'll find 86. it faster. Oh, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, 86 it would be before The Last Crusade. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, what I, you know, like, we were talking with Rambo, like, you know, you, you think you've seen a movie, you think you know, like, the iconography, and this is a movie I thought it was going to be, like, about Harrison Ford, like, maybe he's a scientist or something, and I thought, like, it was about him and his family, like, moving to the jungle to do some sort of research, and, like, obviously, like, the trials and tribulations of, of doing something like that. Um and the movie's that in essence but like it was so much more so like it's actually about Harrison Ford plays an inventor and he makes a machine that can create ice and he's a guy that's like very um, sort of disturbed at the state of America you know like at the beginning he goes to the hardware store to get like some sort of belt for his invention and it's made in Japan and he's just like what the hell this isn't the America I thought you know so he's got this very like conservative, old-fashioned sort of like America first, America's the best, you know, the dream of America. Uh, 
but he's also very critical of it and he's obviously a very brilliant guy because he's invented this machine and he sort of has this delusion that he wants to go to the jungle and bring ice to like like untouched tribes and like blow their mind you know like where ice should not exist and like the hottest jungle mm-hmm. you know he's gonna he's gonna bring it and so you you kind of go along with him and he brings his family to the jungle and they're all kind of going along with it and at every turn you're like waiting for it to go wrong and for a while it does not go wrong things go well you know like they uh get the help of locals and they build a, a home and like a little community and he's waiting for the other shoe yeah, to drop. <laughs> and it seems idyllic. But then, you know, you start to get this sense of like he starts making the ice machine and it very much resembles like a church. It looks like this giant monument and like the whole kind of town's kind of built around it. And um, wh- where the movie really takes a turn, though, is um, they do bring some ice to or they try to bring some ice to uh, a tribe of what they think are like untouched, like natives, you know. Uh, on the Mosquito Coast, and um, and and they get there, and like the ice melts. But when they get there, they see some people that they think are prisoners of of these natives, but they're not prisoners. They're actually like like just wandering, like mercenaries or something, just like dangerous dudes, you know, like goons. And so they follow Harrison Ford and his family back to to where they're living, and just like infiltrate their life and like aren't going to leave and they're just going to like hang out and like you can see Harrison Ford just like doesn't know how to deal with an outsider or three with guns and uh, so he like uh, lures them into his ice machine under the pretense that it's a uh, church a, uh, no a sleeping a, a, area yeah bedroom oh. or whatever he sets up heads yeah. in it and, and he turns the thing on and you know he's going to freeze them to death but then they out of desperation like start shooting and uh, I'm actually just like Get to describing the whole movie. Yeah, uh, I'll stop describing the whole movie, but <laughs> just amazing. Like I, I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, I just didn't know what to expect from this, and it like really kept me like surprised. And like the story ends up telling about just like I don't know uh, who we are, what our fantasies are, how our fantasies can destroy us. Um, it's just yeah, so compelling. Great performances all around from everybody. Just like all time great movie yeah. that I can't believe I'd never seen before, and like yeah, just. with just quickly as well with the um, cooling machine, the whole purpose of it was uh, to help farming in, in um, on a mass level and help uh, turn basic. Like he was able to create um, start start the cooling system with fire and mm-hmm. use fire to make things cold. Um, and there's a nice me- metaphor and motif throughout the movie about fire, um, and, ice. fire and ice and um, these very extreme kind of circumstances and, and, and what you need to compromise and what, what elements have power over you. Mm-hmm. And when what happens when you try to control the elements and they kind of get escape escape from you. Um, and Harrison Ford really was just trying to kind of make his new America well, how he thought dream right yeah, so, yeah it was he wanted to have control over it and he saw a world around him escaping him and it's like no we need to get back to the American values and it's and and it, the whole time is just kind of telling these locals about how evil America is and like how he's helping them so much you know he's saving them from this and he, he literally like lies to his children and family about the states I won't I won't go into specifics but about what it is like to live in America, that's why they've escaped, and blah blah blah, and just like talking all this bullshit because he needs to live in this like false idea of um, purpose and yeah. you know control and get, he, he is also, exactly everything he hates. He hates also validating character totally like, trying to validate like the new world he's in too, yeah. right? Like, totally, like it's uh, it's I left that because of this atrocious nightmare that the American dream has become to you know restarted over here but I'm falling into the same pattern a hundred percent and why he hates it so much is he sees himself in that system and so he's trying to push against and he fetishizes the things that uh, he doesn't think should be fetishized and you know he, well, he is patterns too yeah, like, I, I mean, mean he's you, America right but it's it's what you used to do like you yeah. would the ice man right he would deliver mm-hmm. yeah. ice yeah. To, yeah and then we built the machine of 
you know, refrigerators and yeah, freezers yeah, yeah. to Good preserve call. that. But it's just like it's, it's history. For That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I mean, it? it wasn't run by fire, but <laughs> no. But like that is, it's very interesting because this was a novel, and like Paul Schrader is, is a screenwriter that kind of writes novels, but just um, for film. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can really see the specificity um, of like why this novel would hit Paul Schrader a specific way and why he'd want to develop it because it does have those. I didn't even think about that but that would have been something very specifically yeah. thought about and in Harrison Ford's version it's like you don't need to pay me for this I'm gonna the, the money is yeah, where I'm we all went it. wrong I'm gonna give this to you for free just so that you can see my brilliance and so <laughs> his version of money is people adoring him and recognizing his genius but also which he thought was lost but giving them something that like will make them you know forage and give them this opportunity that only he can now provide for them. So they'll exactly. constantly keep coming back. Dependent on him. It's <laughs> exactly the American dream. He just exactly. wants to be the leader of it. Oh, it, and, and it's wild how it unfolds. It unfolds exactly how American unfolds from toxins <laughs> to, you know, to taking advantage of, to, you know, going, going to some pretty He's dark places corrupt. to, mm. you know, his psychology is not where his psyche is not where it needs to be. It's a foundation. Even just the, <laughs> clash of like science and religion because you know you have this missionary that uh comes in and out of the story along the way mm-hmm. um and it means different things each time um but there's a constant um animosity between the two of them um and isn't that so much of what the uh, this america that you know they're talking that relationship is. reminded me of um daniel day lewis and paul dano and there will be blood Mm. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, Hmm. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, lots of lofty ideas one can pull out of this movie, but like baseline, it's just like an amazing adventure. It's an amazing story of uh, a brilliant man dragging his family into the jungle to to prove something to himself, I guess, ultimately. Young Helen Mirren. I was going to say, we got a young Helen Mirren in here. And uh, young River Phoenix as well. He was great. All the kids were great. It's just a great movie. Like, you, you watch this movie and you're just like, oh, I'm in the hands of, like, just excellent filmmakers and and craftspeople and like you know from frame one to closing credits it's just a great movie i highly recommend it to anybody yeah Yeah, i'm definitely wanting to check it out yeah no definitely definitely must see i always thought that was nick nolte on the cover doesn't it look like nick nolte oh 100 percent yeah i feel like you've said harrison ford so that's the only thing i'm seeing (laughs) but maybe if i didn't know it was him (laughs) What about you? What did you watch, Brooke? Um, so I Alex exposed me to Johnny Toe, a director that I I, I think since um Alex and I have kind of started seeing each other. I've gotten exposed to a lot more Hong Kong movies, Japanese cinema, and it's just like it's such a wild world. So we watched uh, Full Time Killer and The Mission um, as a nice little double feature. And both movies, my goodness, we started with um, Full Time Killer uh, and I said to Alex after watching it, this is probably like one of my favorite movies. And he's like, if you're going to like, if you like, think that this is one of your favorite movies, watch The Mission. And oh my gosh, I think that's one of my favorite movies. In terms of just blocking and relationships and character work, I don't want to go into specifics about too too much about both movies. I think it's just like enjoy and observe and yeah, watch. They deal with the Hong Kong underworld, uh, full-time killers about two assassins which are the top and they're uh, competing to be number one exactly one's a lunatic and one's a bit more grounded well we discover early on like one um uh, is in has um a lot of family that has like brain aneurysms they get a lot of flashing lights and that's a cool like um uh, the 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 suicidal kind of element is a little bit more there for that character because you know you never know when you're gonna die and you know it's it's so they're in it for very different reasons mm-hmm. and you just get to see the both these assassins that have this through line of this uh, girl that they both kind of love and you you get this beautiful love story along the way but it's an interesting action movie and it's really 
wonderful because, you know, if anybody else is trying to fuck with either of these assassins, they're going to help their brothers out because, you know, they want to be able to kill the other, you know? Mm -hmm. It's about their relationship and, you know, if anybody tries to get in the way of that, they will help. Um, and so it's just this really fun... It's like the Batman and Joker yeah, really, assassin Yeah, movies. totally. I, just, like, really wonderful and, like, the way that they use language and different languages, um, i.e. Mandarin, Japanese, and you know they're they're they un, they're just so in what that world is and you know you are in a world of various different languages and how can you come across one way um, to one person and then another way to another person and what does what what do those things mean and like what happens when we have to um, change our translation of something what gets lost what gets found so just like really really fun and really well directed I think that you know so often we just try to spend way too much time developing an action sequence this just gets right into the absurdist um, and just full blown I don't know fuckery um, <laughs> and then the mission is is similar but it's is that the it, same director? Same director. So they're both Johnny. They're the, both this. Um, both uh, very clean setups. Like full time killer is like two assassins trying to be number one with like a girl caught between them. Mm-hmm. The mission is uh, a bunch of um, mercenaries are hired to protect uh, a triad boss mm-hmm. who's ha- there's been some attempts on his life. So uh, I, I can't remember the exact number. Five or six yeah. people get hired. And uh, it's about kind of their relationship while they're kind of working for this boss. And a lot of it's just kind of them hanging out while he's in a meeting, you know? (laughs) But he knows how to, there's just, there's one scene specifically where um, they're in the waiting room of uh, his office. And the way that it's blocked, there's a perfect amount of foreground. Like there's somebody sitting, there's somebody standing in the foreground, somebody kind of lurking back. And there's a piece of trash that they one just has on the ground and they start kicking it to one another. But in this very nonchalant way, and it's, you know, when the boss... playing, like kicking a ball of paper. Just trying to pass time, you know, trying to pass time in a really uh, wonderfully endearing way. And then, you know, when the boss comes in, one just easily picks it up and pops it in their pocket. Nothing to see here, you know, (laughs) clean, nice and clean. And that's where you discover behavior. And that's what the whole movie is. Like, they they start in the office of this boss and one by one people are kind of kind of coming in and we see who knows who who doesn't know who and like we get we get what each type is you know you have the one that's talking a little bit too much because maybe he's nervous needs to prove himself Mm -hmm. you have the quiet kind of what you have one just eating and you know Um, so you get all the players in the game and we don't need 10 minutes backstory for each character so that we yeah. can understand who they are very we get to quickly, see it we meet them and then like very quickly after that they're escorting their boss out into an alley so that he can get into a car and mm-hmm. take off but there's a sniper who's got a line of sight into this alley and just starts shooting and so it's like a 10 minute scene it's not like bang 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 crazy <sighs> explosions it's like 10 minutes of just these guys very calmly trying to figure out how the hell do we get out of this alley? What they're all ducked behind next? something, you know. They're, they're trying to close the gap. They're trying to figure out, hey, where the sniper is. And once they figure it out, they're trying to close the gap. And you see them working together quietly yeah. through like looks and glances yeah. and you know. It's meticulous gestures. and like the, you know, saving this dude. But yeah, yeah. But, but it's all behavior yeah. and like yeah. the behavior ends up playing out. And it's like it's a Hong Kong triad movie. Oh. So at some point. Uh, loyalties are going to be tested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we won't spoil it, but yeah, just like terrific movie. And they're, they're a nice kind of... Um, Double feature then. Yeah, because like, you know, full-time killer's wild, you know? It's like, it's Johnny Toe a bit more. Johnny Toe's movies are known to be kind of a bit more downbeat and, you know, kind of composed. Mm. And, and full-time killer, it's like he was having a lot of fun with that one. You yeah, know? man. And you can feel the fun. But both movies, like, yeah, why I don't want to say too much is I think that what I liked about discovering them is that I didn't know jack shit, and it was just a beautiful, wild, kooky rides. Curtains Um, were pulled back fully. (laughs) Totally. And, like, the mission was... I don't know. I don't think that we get to see those kind of relationships in in an authentic way. There's this director called um, uh, Ozo, and he has a movie... um, a Tokyo story and and good morning actually as well and both of them have you know 
or good morning more so, but this ensemble relationship that I think the mission kind of does for adults, what good morning does for children. And they, you know, I, I don't know, I think that it's a really hard thing to get because there's something very reserved, um, but it There's so boring. much underneath. It could be really, really boring, but had they not found those moments, like the little piece of trash and like how calculated um, they were, but instinctively, like they had, they were discovering it along the way. It's not as though they've done this a million times. This yeah. is their first mission with each other. So they're trying to learn what their ensemble feels like. Um, I, yeah, it's just wild. Just such cool, cool movies. And I do think that these... These, this kind of filmmaking is stuff that we need to start start living more in, in in North American filmmaking. Like we can just punch into things and get wacky and kooky, and and, and that's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. that's and and then and it's honest. It's humans. Yep. Like that's human behavior more than like being so burdened and you know downtrodden by all the trials. That's a, a great lead-in actually to our main review this week, which is Suicide mm. Squad and boy does that movie not lean into the quirky which obviously we all expect from from James Gunn and you know it's what he brought to the Marvel Universe once upon a time you know the deal successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you fail to follow my orders in any way I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. Can do the job so this is the famous Suicide Squad. Nom nom. Any questions? And? Yes. That is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, what did you think of Suicide Squad? Well, before that, I, I want to say, like, like the DC movies, which I had, like, no regard for once upon a time. Uh, and I was like, you know, I've always been kind of... If I had to, to kind of... Uh, if I had to frame it this way, you know, I've always been more of a Marvel zombie, you know, mm-hmm. with Batman being the exception. Everyone's favorite superhero is Batman, I think. It's but. hard It's hard to, like, because I feel like we have, like, the Marvel universe, but it started with, like, the Iron Man stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes, there's a whole DC world and Marvel world beyond, like, the new stuff. But, yeah. yeah, I tend to look at it the same way, where it's, like, Marvel and then, like, the newest DC where they're trying to do the Marvel, but they're not yeah. quite getting it. A hundred percent. But it seems like they're not trying to do the Marvel anymore. They're they're doing, like, a Birds of Prey, which is kind of its own thing. They're doing this new Suicide Squad, which is with which is its own thing. Like, Shazam's off in its own world. And, yeah, and they had Joker. Yeah, and yeah. Joker. And, like, listen, I've not really liked any of these movies. Like, you know, oddly enough, maybe Birds of Prey the most. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, Joker didn't Shazam do much I Shazam the for most for me, funnily Shazam's enough. Shazam's okay. Like, it's fine. I haven't seen either of them. Mm-hmm. Um... I will, again, I'd be like the Marvel fiend that I am. Yeah. But it's just, nothing has really enticed me. Yeah. Like, I've, like the Justice League, I, I did watch the uh, Snyder Cut, yes. and I enjoyed that. Me I, too. Me I too. had a good time. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed the Snyder Cut. And, and, like, yeah, I've watched a lot of Marvel shit this year as well. And oddly enough, between this four-hour Snyder Cut and this Suicide Squad movie, I, I feel like DC... They're doing more ambitious, interesting things. I it, think like we're in such a formula at Marvel that like Shang Chi and Eternals and all this stuff. It just feels like a formula. It, it just feels like a yeah. formula. It doesn't feel like Iron Man and Civil War. It doesn't feel like we're seeing this stuff for the first time. Even yeah. though it's new characters, yeah, you just feel the factory. Yeah. And like Suicide Squad, yeah, it's made by the factory. Let's get James Gunn in here, and he's gonna repeat his Guardian success. And though I think the movie's too long and it suffers from it, I think, I ultimately just liked it. I, I, I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. and I wish it was like an hour and 40 minutes. I wish they had just crunched it, crunched the insanity down um, for maximum impact. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever it is, two, two hours and 10, 220, it's fine. And, and I Did had a good see, time. Did you see, you saw the 
uh, first Suicide Squad, right? I did, and I barely remember it. I remember just being severely annoyed by needle drop after needle drop, and it all just felt like what was trying to be cool aesthetic, but no sense of character. And and this is what, what Gunn is bringing to this wacky, zany world, is I, a better sense of character. Yes. He doesn't nail it. Like he, I, I actually think his sense of character works better in, in, um, in, in Guardians. I feel like you kind of understand everybody a bit more, and they're paid off better. In they're those less movies. disposable too, whereas yes. these ones are a bit more. Disposable, and that's fine, which and is I, fine, yeah. And I love the meanness, but I, for like the core group that makes it through to the end, I felt like a problem with the movie was it was a bit unfocused. You know, like they're, they're trying to get these character moments between Joel Kinnaman and and John Cena. But it's like, ah, this is like Idris's movie. He should be at the center of this big decision happening here. And, or is it Idris's movie? He sort of gets lost in it for parts. And so, you know, it feels a bit fragmented, but it's such a crazy movie. And there's so many ideas that like, you know, I was just like thinking back on it today. And it's just like, you know, I didn't love it, but like there's like a million and one things in it I did love, mm-hmm. you know? And and I, oh my God, he did that. And oh my God, he did that. Oh my God, there's a giant kaiju version of Polka Dot Man's mom. <laughs> you know, like it's just so crazy. But it's like, maybe they could have just made that like the thing they had to fight, you know? It, it just had too much going on, I think, uh, ultimately. But yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking. I liked it ultimately. I thought it was a bit scattered like I'm being right now. Um, but in thinking over the movie, it just makes me feel very scattered because there's just like so much going on in it. Mm. Some stuff pays off, some stuff doesn't. I ultimately liked it. I enjoyed the weirdness and the color. And I enjoyed the gratuitous violence and the mean spirit. And I enjoyed the punk rock, kind of more punk rock flavored soundtrack mm-hmm. as a counterpoint to Guardians. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think? Brooke? Um, I have less love for it than you do. Um, I have more. Yeah, there there we go. So we're all on the levels of the spectrum. Or maybe equal. Listen, there was a lot I liked to it. I thought, but I just thought it was so soft on its landing. And I think, you know, every joke that it was really trying hard to make, it kind of step back on it and it was like we make the millennial joke but then she's like the biggest heroine of them all and we don't see anything wrong with that that thing oh they sleep a little bit um so it's like you make the you make the joke and then you pull back on all your punches so the jokes aren't funny mm-hmm. um and oh, i was, thought i was gonna like it so much more i like really like the opening and when we I had the fake suicide squad and then it went to like suicide squad a team i was like fuck yeah yeah, we're not going to go back in time. And then it was like, back three days later before. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it. And the whole movie is kind of like that. Uh, you had the cli- this wonderful climax, and you're starting to feel back into it. And then it's like, stop eight minutes earlier. And you're like, just figure out how to deal with this a little bit better, people. Um, so as what I liked, I really liked. I thought that when John Cena was funny he was really funny and i think they could have used that more i was like there were miss just missed opportunities for me i remember when there was the hole in the truck and he had his arm in like this is a perfect opportunity for somebody to lose his arm and to have to fight without an arm and that be part of the joke and he's still gonna do it because he's like mr peace and isn't it funny that mr peace doesn't have an arm so i just yeah so the whole movie felt a little bit like it was just throwing throwing shit at the wall and seeing if stuff would land and then if if it didn't, uh, okay, fine. We just got all this other crap on the wall, so at least there's crap on the wall, um, which is fine. Um, and again, there was stuff that I really liked that worked. I didn't think that I didn't love Harley Quinn. Um, I there is yeah. So I just. I wish that it was more of the kooky. I wish it was more Hong Kong. I said to you afterwards, <laughs> yeah. actually, Alex, I was like, I kept on thinking about Asian filmmaking because they know how to lean into the quirky but keep it grounded. And we, because I just hated any of those moments where they're like sad little like talking about my dad and like, oh no, woe is me. It's like, it's not that kind of movie. This is a fun, loving, action-packed, gory adventure ride. Let's have an action-packed, gory adventure ride. So by the end, I wasn't into the final action sequence as much as I would have liked to be because 
I, I was. I kind agree of with you. It short. jumped back and forth too much. That like any momentum it had, I was like, all right, now you're explaining stuff. And like by by the time we got to the climax, I really just felt like worn out. Yeah, I wanted it to be over. It was like, okay, let's fight this little star guy and get it over with. Yeah. So that's where I think they're meant to be people that they just don't give a shit. My thing is, I would have just rather had them walk away at the end. Yeah, or they fair. just kind of leave it behind. Like whatever, not my fair. problem. Fair. Um, yeah, I didn't uh, like the politics of the ending. And oh, I know I hated that, that. I, like it's not trying. But I mean, you're setting your film in Cordo Maltese, and you're dealing with like you know uh, puppet governments and stuff. So yeah. you, you've made it inherently political. And yeah, you've sorry, been... I didn't mean to interject. But no, I, no, no, I, no. I, I, I feel you there. I just, um, I, I did like the setup um, at the beginning as well, like how they just kind of lead into it. Um, I like the dupe of like this isn't our central team and they all mm-hmm. kind of yeah. die pretty much except for um, Joel and Harley or what's his name Colonel was he a colonel or something whatever Rick Rick Flag. Rick Flag yes. yeah my thing is they kill Rick Flag before okay let me before I get all to the negatives let me I, I it was fun I had a good time I like that these characters were. Uh, dispensable and that you could have fun with just killing them off in fun ways. That first beach scene I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said, don't get attached to any of these people, so I didn't. Yeah. Again, the humor is fine. You know, there's there's times when they, they do let the joke kind of just hang and it doesn't work. Um, all the stuff with the millennial thing, I... What's... Who's the where's the villain yeah that is being like i don't get that aspect she's a rat catcher and what yeah i know um so there's i guess i'm just going to the negatives (laughs) um we started there sorry we did we've done this it's hard yeah (laughs) look i'll just get them harley quinn should have died she should have died I don't hate the character. I don't hate Margot Robbie. But she's my least favorite part of this movie. But it's like, I didn't... Like, all the stuff with her and uh, Louie or whatever the guy's name in, I I didn't mind it. But it also felt like, where are we? Like, what's happening? You gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. It's coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire up. Three, two. What are you guys doing? What? You, we're, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Bloodsport. That's um, when the movie lost me, honestly. I was with it until that scene, and I was like, okay, I see where this is going. This is taking too long. But they've and, done that before, yeah. where it's like, oh, Harley, okay, she's had the bad boyfriend. Oh, it's the, the red flags. And it's like, cut this. I know. Killer, like, at the end, make it... Polka Dot Man should have survived, and then you could have had that Suicide Squad team entirely made it, and then, you know, Flag's gone, part of that first group, he would have been dead, Harley's dead, and really, you've done all you can really do with her in this universe, just kill it, end it, because she was good in this movie when she was good, when she was bad, and... It just felt tedious. And I was yeah. like, I, I don't care about her anymore. Can yeah. I jump in? Yeah. Um, her, her action scenes are really cool in this movie. But they also took me out to the extent where... And I know people go like, it's just supposed to be a fun movie. The javelin thing? Uh-oh. No, no, it's not that even <laughs> that specifically. It's just... She's like... What world is this? Like, what are the rules? Like, there are you know, it, it, if it's all just zany and anybody can do anything and she can run off a falling building with a javelin and stab Starro in the eye as this, like, petite, you know, she Harley Quinn. Lift somebody off the, you know, side of a building. I just, like, I want some rules, you know, and, like, um, even the, as much as I don't love the Guardians movies, it's like, you know, there's a world where the rules are clear and the kind of, kind of characters play within that. And and something like Suicide Squad, why I like it but don't love it, it's like, it's just like a bunch of stuff, like you say, Brooke, thrown at the wall. And yeah, it's just like, if anything can happen, nothing has any meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. If, if Harley, you, you've seen just like escapes on her own, 
effortlessly and doesn't need anybody's help. Okay, it's a funny joke and it's a feminist comment. I get that. But then, like, when you do hit your climax, it's like, it's all just floaty, cool stuff that's not grounded in anything. And, yeah, all the Harley stuff just felt like that in this movie. It's like, let's give her cool, badass moments. She's an icon of rebellion and feminism and, like, fuck shitty boyfriends. I get that. That's awesome. But it's like, you know, you also got a movie where you have to kind of care about what's going on in your climax and there has to be dramatic stakes and character moments. Like mm-hmm. when she when she saves Idris Elba, it's like, that's not built to, yeah. you know, in, in a meaningful way where it's like, oh, what a nice moment between them. It's just like circumstantial. I saved you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't mind so much, like, the back and forth. It did get overdone. Like, I, w- I didn't mind the yeah. beginning one because it was like, yeah, let's assemble this team slightly. Um, but, yeah, towards the end where it was, like, that eight minutes earlier and yeah. then, like, it's Aegis Alba dropping in. I was just like... And then, it, you know, Rick Flagg dies for no reason because that. he ultimately doesn't do what the dude wanted. That's my biggest, yeah, pet peeve. That girl should have just died then. Like, why? And and it's just, it's a throwaway line of like, well, we saved the city, though. I know we should have done this, but we saved the city. But you don't care. Yeah, I hear you. But another thing that really bothered me is what they did to Amanda Waller. Like, I get it. She's evil, whatever. Yeah. She's not. I liked how evil she was. She I was liked just how like evil she was. I don't like this. how she got hit and then just like later is in her office cowering away. Yeah, like enough. okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Like listen, it's Viola like fucking Davis. Yeah. yeah. yeah I hear you. She was awesome the whole time. I agree. But don't hit her with a fucking golf club. Yeah. I agree. She's no. gonna stand for that shit. She's yeah. not, and she wouldn't. As soon as she got her ass back up, she'd be like, "You bitches out." Yeah. yeah. Like it's Viola Davis. No, I know that. That's that's the feel, felt like the whole movie a little bit, and t- like. I said to you actually after we watched the first of all it was crazy seeing it in IMAX just to say good things when mm. um, I love seeing it in IMAX and it was very loud I was like oh man the movies are quite loud at the theaters I yeah. felt this my movie gosh. in my butthole yeah like my <laughs> vibrations oh my all over awesome. like my, my home is quivering yeah. <laughs> um, but uh when like you're just watching like the uh, Harley I felt Crin- it in my starro <laughs> <laughs> in the eye of starro um, <laughs> but no but, like with Harley we've been Alex and I have been watching a lot of wrestling recently and what I like about wrestling is girls that are small use their size to their advantage and I really have a very hard time suspending disbelief these days especially when there's movies like Civil War, and you have Captain America showing his strength by pulling something from the, like, yes, it's a helicopter, but he is pulling the helicopter off the side of the building. Then you just have Harley Quinn just tossing fucking Idris up, honky doodle, yeah. like, with her yeah. wafy little body. It's like, I want to see, I want to see how you get creative with this. And we were saying, this girl should just be having a basher, that she just, like, bam, bam, like big, bashes. Like a pe- big mallet. Yeah. Totally. Like, that's what Harley Quinn is. So, like, they just lose... So much of the character because they're like, well, women can be strong too. It's like let's give yeah. her a John Wick scene. Totally, yeah. <laughs> but also it's like, sorry, Karen. Totally. No, um, no. The only other thing I was gonna say is the reason I didn't like the beginning flashback is because we already got what that was. We got them assembling a team. It just wasn't that team. But we understand assembling a team. We saw fucking Viola Davis go through oh, the works yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole the first time around, and it's like cool. Yeah, but I do think you'd need to contextualize like Idris Elba and his daughter. And, like you're in a flashback. Do at that some in point. flashback. Yeah, that's when you can do that in later flashbacks when it makes sense and is meaningful and there's a moment where he needs to reflect sure. on why he's doing what he's doing and it's like oh my daughter we don't have to go through the same beats that See, we just I think went I, through I think five about it minutes two ways. before you can do it that way where you can keep it a mystery but then you run the risk of like this is boring or you do what they did but front load it I think at a certain point like at the midpoint of the movie no more flashbacks like mm-hmm. you've caught up to the story at the midpoint now let's ride it to the climax baby yeah. To now in the second half and in the climax, stop, yeah. go back. It's a momentum killer. And and you're just over explaining shit at that point. You're trying to get, create gags and jokes and eh, just fucking give me a good, meaningful action scene where this team does have to come together and unexpected things happen. Yeah. yeah. Loyalties are tested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree with you, though. You mentioned like the. Um 
the like heartfelt backstory to some of the characters like it was unnecessary especially when you have this moment with his daughter at the beginning where it's like they don't have like he's doing it to save her because that's a shitty circumstance like to to just ultimately her to end up in jail because of him I get it. Yeah. But there's not, like, a strong connection there. Yeah. So, but, like, then they try to add this sweetness to Idris Alba's character where it's like, oh, my dad put me, you know, in a thing of wrath, which yeah, sounded man. horrible. The whole Taika um, Watiti thing was weird, too. The Taika thing was weird. I was like, but, like, again, the rat catcher just doesn't seem like a villain to me. I know. Especially I, baby rat catcher. She's not. You know what that shit felt like to me? It felt like, like... James Gunn's been working at Disney too long and he came over to do Suicide Squad and they're like, do like a mean movie. But he's like, but there must but be then a... The rat the, there the, must be a lonely French give, girl. Yeah, we must do some ratatouille here. <laughs> I did like the little rat, like the little mouse or rat, whatever. The rat. Yeah, the rat. and, and the I liked her. One. I thought I, she was fun. I thought she was fine. I didn't love... I know a lot of people like, oh, like she's the breakout cat. I, she's fine. The actress, great. I don't love the rat catcher thing. I did like yeah. the little friend and I like the part where he's like offering it leaf. He's <laughs> yeah. like offering it like, what the fuck do I want to leave for? Yeah. Like it's just I love how mystified he'd be by this rat trying to be friendly with him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just him at, I thought he was gonna kill him at the end, but it's just like a pet to the rat. <laughs> I mean when she said like how she got in jail as well, I'm like, really? Yeah, like the bank robbery? Right. Were you in you were it's stupid enough to be in the bank with all these rats trying to rob the thing? Like what kind of rat catcher person, rat control person are you exactly? Be a couple blocks away. These guys. Be in the getaway car with the, for the rats. Put a little level so they can like walk up a hill. Yeah. Into your little truck. You see, those are all the things, and even like the fi- the climax. I said to like I said to Alex, I was like, that would be my first go to thing. I'd be like, this city is filled with rats. You are gonna step up your goddamn game and fucking fuck this little star guy up the asshole or the eyeball or whatever. Like, rats are vicious. You know? Get them out here. <laughs> What is happening? Um, also, Weasel. I wanted him like. Yeah, he was so funny. Man. I like. I'm, so, I'm so glad much. he comes back at the end, and like, there's potential. But like, that was the last big laugh they got out of me, to be honest. Yeah. You know, and like again, I like the movie. Well, they got you at the it, end. It, then. it pummeled me, and I literally had no energy at the end. But then, like, seeing the Weasel guy, like, he just yeah. looked like he was just like, but like, even just on the plane, like no, next to Pete I liked Davidson, his just looked design. like he was on fucking, yeah. like on edge. I, just like, oh. I loved his little design and his Weaseliness. So them, them trying to figure out what he was. I remember. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. I just remember feeling like you know, at like in the midpoint of the movie, like when they're all on the bus on the way to the bar, Hmm. and it just feels like long sob fest, you know, backstory time, and then they get to the bar, and they're all sitting in the bar. And they're there to, you know, um, do some reconnaissance and, and meet the guy with things sticking out of his head. Yeah. Um, but it's like, that would have been, pacing-wise, a better place to put, you know, like they're all getting drunk, getting yeah, to know that each would, other. Yeah, the reveals, and, yeah, the backstory there. You know, and, uh, agreed. Totally. Uh, and it's like, it felt like such first, like the whole movie felt very first draft to me. Where it's like, you know, on a second draft, you go, I got this bus scene, and then they're sitting in a bar. It's like, wouldn't it just be funny if we cut and we see them all in costume and they're at the bar and they're getting drunk and they're getting loose and they're telling their stories. And then like, oh shit, we got to now deal with work. Yeah. yeah, That breaks up the little party. Yeah. There you How go. How is no one not seeing this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it cuts down some of that long ass time. We could have got 10 minutes out of the Thrown movie. in there. <laughs> At the beginning yeah. of the movie, I thought it was going to be so fast. Again, I thought it was going to be, I was so refreshed and I was like, oh, we're going to, we're getting to the star guy so quickly. It's going to be awesome. And then we kept on being <laughs> up and then we have to go save Harley first and I'm like man but that's are we ever going to get to the fucking star guy they focus on her like it's like all this like thing about feminism she can save herself this but it's always regressing into like oh but she needs to have the boy drama and she needs to overcome yeah. the boy drama and yeah, show that she's fair. above it. it you've done that's- it for the what la- how many Harley movies are there two at least like well, well Suicide Prey, Squad Suicide and Birds. Yeah. But she hasn't been in anything else, right? I don't think so. So it's like you've done both of those things to death already. They have been hit. They have been yeah. like that. 
She's just be just be a part of the team yeah. and have her do that badass stuff. Yeah. Part of the team. Here's Agreed. an idea. Agreed. Do, do a proper Joker Harley movie where you can actually explore the dynamic as it was invented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Created for, it, it, yeah, but you it, can't it, show it, a weak woman anymore <laughs> who's just succumbed to the evil man, even though that's what they are. Well, yeah, and like the the crazy part of They're Harley love. was no is love, is love, and crazy she was, love. and she was like, she's this therapist that you know was fascinated by this person. It's her intellect that actually drew her to him, and then she kind of fell in love with this thing that was so foreign, and exactly because like she can identify with it. Um, like there's nothing weak about that. That's just mm-hmm. like, and you know, it's Mickey and Mallory. It's Bonnie mm-hmm. and Clyde. Totally, it's, totally. Know. It's called a love it's, it's story. An outlaw love story. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, one of my favorite things. <laughs> it's, just, it's just sorry. It's just funny that like, like the Joker's a fucking piece of shit. Like he's yeah. a he's a villain. He's a cackling fucking villain. But it's like they treat him like toxic male now, and they put him in a toxic male category. And it's like, it's just like, yeah, he's a fucking... That was the point know, to the but, Joker. But also, like, in putting him in that category, they haven't been showing him to his full craziness and, you know, like, no, they're just so they, focused on They're trying on to the, redeem him. Yes. That's what they... They're constantly yes, trying yes. to give you a little grain of salt to be, oh, he's he's got this redeeming thing and he's yeah. got this, but it's like... That's fucked! That's what I'm saying. I know. But you can show... <laughs> no, but you can show the crazy... Like, you just mentioned Mickey and Mallory. Yeah. They're insane. Yeah. And you're not doubting, like, anything of weakness at all. Yeah. They, they're crazy. They're perfect for each other. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they're with each other. They're least. with each other. That's the better wording. But in their worlds, they're perfect for each other. And their love is better than anything in the world. Yeah. Same with Joker and Harley. They're so crazy about each other that yeah. they're willing to inflict that shit on the world. Yeah. But the world right now is trying to be like, yes, the toxic masculinity man, has he he's sweet at the core, and he cares about Harley. Yeah. And, oh, Harley's, you know, she's crazy and loves him, but also cares about herself as a woman. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's, and it's can't like, do both. At this point, who is Harley Quinn? You know, if she's left the Joker, um, where is there any identity of her as that therapist? Like, does that come back? You know, I don't think that they've really, I don't think that they spent, spent a millisecond beyond what she's going to wear and like what her makeup's going to look like to go, who's Harley Quinn actually? And who is Harley Quinn without the Joker? Who's like, Harley what Quinn kind of Harley Quinn? She met the Joker. Well, this and is, does that play in at all? Exactly. Like, does any of that kind of come come back into who I she is? I don't think is? they realize like the, she was a therapist. She's like the forest. Because she dump. doesn't think about any like anything. No, I know. No, nothing. Like, I, I, I know I, that sounds exactly. bad, but I mean, like. No, I was just gonna say she's literally the Forrest Gump of this, where she's like a leaf on the wind, and like w- yeah. whatever events happening in the DC universe, she, she just floats Float along to it and has totally. her very innocent, wide-eyed sort of experience. Laugh of is lack of box of chocolates. <laughs> but it would have been interesting if they brought in that therapist in her when exactly. she meets that Louis character and just is trying to psychoanalyze him. Oh, that'd be cool. That would have been interesting, and it's exactly. like, oh, without the Joker, she does go back to what is her name, Serena, Selena. Uh, oh no! I think that's, no, that's Catwoman. That's yeah, Catwoman, I forget what. Yeah, I forget what her I, name I is. Um, but whoever, but that's Harley, exactly. But that would have like, been so interesting. Totally missed opportunity. And then still kills him because she's crazy. Still, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But that's think, how you show intellect, cool and that's how you show feminism. What that, a cool take! If like she was this therapist and she put on this Harlequin mask and go like kill people at night, you know, just to oh, get wow. out. Yeah. But like it's a, a whole other a black ball game widow, right there. Like, like a black widow at the beginning of Avengers, for example, yeah. where it's like she's a woman on job and she gets stuff done and she's talented and she knows how to like get in people's heads yeah. and well, turn th- things around. That's th- what Harley should be. This is it. Like with without the Joker, the 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 glasses are supposed to be off at this point or on if you're in they live, whichever way you want to see it. <laughs> yeah. But like the glasses are somewhere that is helping you see better. <laughs> they're either on um, or off. Yeah. I don't know. They're either on her lapels. <laughs> something. She's got glasses. <laughs> Character aside, I find her performance to be just sort of like she just shows up and collects a paycheck. Yeah, and goes outrageous. Yeah, it's like she's got her little accent down and it's like, it's fine, you know? And she's got her like big expressions. 
but you know, I just, yeah. There's, there's not, nothing dangerous about yeah. her. You don't feel danger with feel her. You just feel cutesy. Like, uh, you know, like she's Margo meant to be a being wild cutesy. Card. How is that? And she is not a wild card at How all. How is that feminist day? Eh? Like they, they took her, 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 her tooth. Her, they took her edge away to make her cutesy. They stripped her yeah. out. Of everything, you're just the cute. But by putting more clothes on her, I don't know if but any see, of you they noticed. Focus, they, oh, they did. They but dressed her. A lot that's more. the focus. Exactly. Like how is you're the harmless, cute toy that sits in the corner. It's like build a better character. Nobody you puts can put Harley her in whatever in the you corner. want. <laughs> they all put her in the corner. And they box her in. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I felt like maybe I did enjoy this movie more before this conversation. The more we're talking about it, the more you see just, just how like thoughtless <laughs> it is in so many ways. And like, listen, I, I got when I saw it that it's a bunch of cheap gimmicks, but like James Gunn's creative enough imagination that his like cheap gimmicks he's throwing at you one after another, like, like the body horror of like yeah. polka dot man. That was like, cool. I like that. Those visuals. Just a rash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the weasel those, guy. Those, those are my guy. favorite parts actually. Like any of the prosthetics and like body horror stuff. I'm like that. That's fucking wicked. I wish they had done King Shark as a prosthetic. That like would a be big, cool they man. That. A big rubber shark would have looked With better. With Stallone. <laughs> I was sort of, I was excited about the, the Stallone of it all. And it, it just there wasn't much of a performance there. No, I, nothing. You know, and you didn't I feel him when be... he was going hand. <laughs> Come on, that was Stallone giving it his all. My favorite King Shark moment was like at one point you see him walking by and he's literally like scraping what's left of the of flesh <laughs> off a human of a human skull, and he's just like just rubbing it on his teeth. It's like ready it's, to join the squad again. Like what's up, guys? <laughs> exactly. I think there were he, some of his comedy was some of my favorite. Like when he's swatting the little like the little starfish, yeah, stuff, yeah. and it's just so slow and it's like <laughs> super funny. But again, like I found the visual funny. Those things. The visuals were funny with King Shark. I just didn't find Stallone's him. performance. I agree. Like, like I Vin, agree. Vin Diesel gives more as Groot. You know what I mean? I am uh, Groot. <laughs> One of my favorite things, though, is when um, Bloodshot and uh, Peacemaker going through that like village and they're like competing to kill people. Oh, awesome! Hilarious. Peacemaker, though, just the one like the camera just follows him and he just. <laughs> along the thing where it's just like a sequence of it and it's just but it's just like an afterthought like he's just walking by but while I'm here I'm just gonna stop this person and I love that they were all good guys you know there was a total mistake and it's like uh, why did my men not alert me to you guys being here we didn't see anybody there was nobody there when we got here on that note I think like uh, John Cena is one of the highlights they're making uh, you touched a show on this earlier. A thousand yeah, percent I heard. peacemaker show you know he's just such a great performer Oh, I yeah. never loved him uh, as a wrestler, maybe because like he was just too good all the time, and I just didn't like his look, like his aesthetic, like yeah. the the jorts and, <laughs> the, and the you can't see me thing. Like I just like I just checked out for it. I just didn't find him appealing in the ring, but like on camera, like like uh, he was awesome in Fast Nine, if you ask me. And like yeah, I'm just and I know he's got like. WWE movies going back a few years. Like, he was in a few movies called The Marine or whatever. It was like a Marine series. I'd watch those now because I like John Cena. Yeah, um, fair. They're probably not good, but yeah. I like John Cena too, but yeah. Fast Nine <laughs> reference was he is not a Toretto. Let me just say that. Oh, funny. I still haven't seen that movie to its potential. Yeah, so I'm yeah, not going to give it up. But yeah, I know. Um, no, but no, he was he was one of my highlight moments of, uh, of Suicide Squad. I just think he does, like, again, I wish they leaned into his comedy because he's got such great timing and there is, he's so bitter. Him um, and Idris together were so great. They were just, so they played funny off each together. Other so well. See, I felt that moment with the hard drive that's played with Joel Kinnaman should have been played with Idris and Peacemaker. You yeah. Because, like, I don't know. It's like Kinnaman, like yeah. we said, like he should have died at the beginning. And then it's like, well, we got to give him something to do. Well, I didn't No, yeah. I didn't mind him. Like, I thought they did a way better job actually making you care about Rick Flagg in this movie yeah, for sure, in comparison yeah. to that one. At the same time, though, my po- like, I didn't mean that they should kill him at the beginning. But like, if you're going to kill him, my point was also kill Harley. So that whole team. Was yeah, yeah, no, fair yeah. Enough, even fair though enough. Weasel made it. But I'm I. I'm happy Weasel made it. Yeah. I just feel like the movie's stretched so thin <laughs> as it is that, like, you could have just knocked 
Kinnaman out halfway through, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or, you know, he gets injured and he'll join for another mission. Yeah. Um, or he gets the B story. Like it was just weird that he got the A story, which is the drive yeah. and Idris is up doing what? Doing bombing stuff. And Kapows and, yeah. How subversive, I guess. Oh, when King Shark makes the, the Oh, that man. was the, the best. <laughs> that made me laugh that so was the, I laughed very hard at that as well. There was a lot of laugh out loud yeah. moments. Like, it, definitely, I giggled I, quite a bit during this movie. I really like the Starro imagery as well. Like, like yeah. the color. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like the when it cut like all the little starros come out of its <laughs> armpit and it's like grabbing people's faces like oh, that was good just yeah compelling compelling and like before that when you're in the lab you know and like the one guy's like cut in half mm-hmm. uh, yeah just yeah there you know like really like gruesome and it's like i don't know maybe it's a detriment maybe it's not but like, there's just so many things in the movie where it's like dude if you just picked five of these things and made an hour and 40 minute movie yeah you wouldn't get all these other crazy things but like save those yeah maybe. you get to um, make other movies but then maybe yeah. the, you know yeah like i haven't been out much and it was the first movie since like tenet you know and yeah. uh the movie was long i got a bit restless maybe this would play better at home um so i'm excited to watch it again and yeah and, and kind of see how it plays i and i'm looking forward to seeing it again because there was a lot in it and though it's not necessarily cohesive just as like a film nerd you know as a, a special effects nerd you know I want to mm-hmm. go through the movie again there's just like a lot of cool work being done mm-hmm. uh, yeah it doesn't necessarily add up but enough that I'm gonna check it out again and I think maybe just watching it chill at home um, without my asshole vibrating for two hours straight. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's, you realize, like, the movie ex- theater experience can tickle the asshole sometimes. <laughs> like, it's a real thing. Guys, I saw Green Knight. I'm recently. jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. You, you need to go see this. My ass was not tickled in the same way. Were you going to say the Green Knight tickled your asshole? I was going to say the Green Knight did chivalrous. I was going <laughs> to to say it didn't tickle my asshole quite as much as Suicide Squad, but it, it was certainly like a, a marathon event, is what it feels like going to the movies on these days. On, oh, li- on life, on life, you know, asshole life, all all of the above. Um, you all just you just have to sit there for a long time. Your bladder, all of these things are affected at the movie theater. So learning, re- relearning how to go to the movie theater is a really interesting it's an experience. Art. There's an art to it. There certainly is. <laughs> Here's the deal. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth. Harley, although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. To get you out of here alive. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! Uh huh. We love the rain. It's like angels are splooching all over us. 